0: Andrew Wiggins is back for the Warriors. What does it mean short-term? What does it mean long-term? And how much better are the Warriors' chances of winning a championship? I'll tell you. Let's go. What's happening? Thanks for joining us. Great news. First and foremost, before we get to anything from a basketball sense of what it means to have Andrew Wiggins back, it's just great to have Andrew Wiggins back. Now, he's not officially back, but Sham Sharania Adrian Wojnarowski both reporting today that Andrew Wiggins sits maybe one more game back for the final couple of games for the uh for the Warriors so maybe not Oklahoma City but the two road games Sacramento and Portland in the season and they need to win all three and we'll get into all the scenarios but first and foremost great that Andrew Wiggins is back now the circumstances around it according to the reports are that his dad Mitchell Wiggins who played uh, in the NBA played in NBA finals uh, has a serious medical condition as I, and I can tell you with somebody who my dad had a serious medical condition and passed away from cancer and it's all you can do I he was living in Arizona at the time and it was all I could do to to every single weekend go there and it it's um it's quite the experience it's straining mentally and and um it's difficult so we don't know how he's going to return but let's just hope his dad's going to be okay uh, he spent 7 weeks away and It'll be great to have him back on the basketball court for the Warriors, and I'll tell you how much it improves the chances and so forth. But just hoping that his dad's okay and hoping that he's mentally ready to come back because I knew that when I was going through that whole ordeal, I was doing a a show years ago here in the Bay Area, and it was great to have work. And I think a lot of people that are listening and watching, and by the way, thank you for joining me. Uh, You can join on the YouTube channel, of course, John Lund Unleashed, Barry, a sports talk. I forgot I wanted to get into this so bad. Uh, Barry is Sports Talk on the YouTube channel, John Lund, just search those things. John Lund, Barry's is Sports Talk Unleashed. Uh, do that uh, on the podcast, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your favorite podcast. And, of course, my KNBR show with the voice of the 49ers. Great pop from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. on KNBR 680, KNBR.com, and the new KNBR app. So, those things out of the way. Just we, We've all been through it. We've all had a sick family member or a family member pass away. And in a strange way, just going back to work and trying to get some normalcy in your life while you're not forgetting the situation that's going on, you can just, I don't know, I just remember just focusing so much, much just more, you know, devastating things that happened in your life, going through a divorce, which was very difficult off the air, on the air. It just, it gave me focus Uh, my father passing away as quickly as he did. I I liked, you know, obviously I had family responsibilities, but I liked getting back so I could just focus and forget about it. It was the only time I could forget about it. And so, hopefully, the same thing will be true for Andrew Wiggins that this can give him some sort of relief for a short period of time to play basketball. Everybody's different, uh, and we'll see. But anyway, from a so that's from a personal standpoint. Hopefully, things everything's okay. From a professional standpoint, from an Andrew Wiggins, how much will he help the team? Standpoint, which if you're listening or watching today, you're probably wondering the whole thing. So let me just let me just do a couple of things here. With, with the Warriors. And first and foremost, let me get to the the standings and what's ahead. Before we get into Andrew Wiggins, here's the standings and what's ahead. And the loss to Denver, I can't state it anymore. We talked through an 82-game basketball season or a 162-game baseball season, and we say, well, oh, that's a big game or that's a big series. And usually it's not. We're just trying to sell it to you. But well, that's a big stretch of games, which might be true. But losing to Denver basically took the – Took it out of your hands to stay out of the seven spot. And the seven spot is the playing game. You know that, or you wouldn't be watching this. So, as you look at four teams with 38 losses right now and the Clippers, the Warriors, the Lakers, and the Pelicans, and knowing that they've lost the Warriors, have lost the home, or have lost the head to head to the Lakers uh, right now to the Clippers and to the Pelicans, they're not in a great spot. Now, if you look down to games left, don't worry about the Suns, you can't catch them. Uh, the Clippers, the Warriors, the Lakers, the Pelicans, and even the T-Wolves matter, but it's really the Lakers because the, as the Warriors sit in the 60, tomorrow's the last home game of the season, regular season, against Oklahoma City. Should win that, but who knows. Uh, at Sacramento, it's all going to depend, I think, on who they play. I mean, in the past, I would just say it doesn't matter if the, the Kings are full strength or not. The Warriors are going to go in there and win. But as we found out in Denver, they can't just flip a switch and, and just win games they want to win. Denver didn't have Jokic. Uh, the Warriors had control of that game early. Clay tried to bail him out late. I'll tell you this and you can disagree or agree at John Lund radio on Twitter, Instagram, put it in the comments section here. If this was a Warriors team that was a championship caliber team, they win that day that game 100% of the time. Clay hits that shot or they they just come out with a different intensity and and, and uh, mentality. And it's nothing against Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr is an amazing coach. The organization's great. It, it, I'm not. What I'm about to say does not uh, x those things out. But it, you know, a lot of this blame when you give a coach a lot of credit, you've got to give him a lot of blame. And he just hasn't been able to push the right buttons this year. There's lots of injuries and issues and all these kind of things. But reality is, when you start looking at Steve Kerr, saying, "Well, geez, he's a Hall of Famer," this and that. And I love Steve Kerr personally, professionally. I've known him since I was doing radio in uh, in Portland. We used to have him on a weekly back in Portland, Oregon, his lone season there. I mean, he's a great guy. He's a great broadcaster. They, everything about him is great. But if you give a coach credit, then you have to give coach a coach uh, just the downside of everything the criticism when they don't have a good year. And a lot of this is just trying to motivate a team, trying to get a team together, trying to push the right buttons, which he's done a ton of times in the past. He just hasn't figured it out this year. So he deserves criticism because while this is a veteran team, they look like they're tired from playing a lot of games. So are Jordan's Bulls. So are a lot of teams. And they played every night, and they played 40 minutes. I'm, it, 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 everything after a game sounds like excuses. We weren't this, we weren't that. Go back and listen to the the press conferences. It, it, they're old. There's nothing new. Maybe it's time for a new coach. And I'm not saying fire Steve Kerr as much as I'm just saying if he if he won't, if if won't they won't listen to your message, this current group of guys, and Mike Dunleavy told me this. I remember uh, he had gotten fired with the Portland Trailblazers, and it was with, like, Rasheed Wallace and Bonzi Wells and Dale Davis, Arvita Sabonis, Damon Stoudemire, Scotty Pippen, Steve Smith, a lot of veterans in their ways, and Dunleavy had gotten fired and was nice enough to meet with the media one last time, and he, he point-blank said, sometimes they've heard every speech you got. Sometimes they've they've heard everything you got to say, and it's fallen on deaf ears, and it seems to me that everything that Steve Kerr has to say, not that they don't respect him or like him or not that he's not a good coach or an XO guy, but it seems like maybe he's given every speech he's got, everyone that's in his bag, and nobody's listening. Players play, coaches coach, I get it, but we, we give him all these positive uh, accolades and then we never say anything negative. It doesn't mean he's not a good coach. It doesn't mean he couldn't be another good coach, a, a great coach somewhere too. I just I feel like these guys aren't responding at all to him. So that's part of this equation. But in terms of where we are the here and now, we'll talk about all those things at the end of the season depending on how far the Warriors go. But here's what matters. Let's boil this thing down. The Warriors win all their games. Oklahoma City on Tuesday at Sacramento at Portland. And then the Lakers, to me, they're, they're playing great. Anthony Davis is motivated and playing great. So, at Utah, if you look at the 7 seed down there, at Utah, uh, they've backed it in. Uh, at the Clippers, I'm going to get back to them at in a minute. Phoenix is the last second to last game of the season. They're probably not going to play anybody because they're going to be set in the four. If you look at right now where they are in the four, they're 43 and 43-35. They're, they're four back of the Kings in the loss. They're unlikely to catch the Kings, highly unlikely, and they're not going to fall to the five in the Clippers. So by that point, the second to the last game of the season, they're going to know their fate, and they probably won't play many, if any, or very much, even if they play them. Chris Paul's older and injury-prone. Devin Booker, a lot of pulled muscles and such in his career, muscle injuries. Kevin Durant, we know about all the Kevin Durant injuries. They're not either not going to play guys or they're not going to play very much. It's just not risk and reward. You know, Kevin Durant, they're going to be fine come playoff time. So they're And you want to avoid the five. What you're looking for is to say in the six where you are now. So if you look at the if you look at the Lakers, they have their fate in their hands. Utah's stopped playing. Phoenix is probably not going to play anybody, and the Lakers have Utah twice home and, ro- home, and uh, home and home series. So at Utah, at the Clippers, Phoenix, and Utah, the Clippers series, the Clippers game is everything. And as a Warriors fan, you should cheer as much for the Clippers that night as you would anybody, because then that keeps the Clippers generally in the five seed where they take on the Suns, and. The Lakers then would probably drop back, would drop back in the seven spot or stay in the seventh spot where they are now as long as the Warriors take care of businesses win and win all three of those games. Now, they should beat OKC. They should win at Portland even though the other night Minnesota at home for some reason didn't, but Portland's running out a CBA team at best or G League team, I should say, at best. And then it, it all comes down to what does Sacramento want to do? Do they want to play their guys? By the second of the last uh, game of the season, they shouldn't, Again, same kind of a situation. They're not moving up to number two. They're two games back in the loss, and they're probably not falling back to four, four games back. By two games left in the season, they'll know their fate and where they stand, I think. And so do they want to play guys, or do they not want to play guys? I mean, they could play guys and then avoid a matchup with the Warriors in the first round. They could knock the Warriors down to the seventh seed. Now, to me, that's motivation. But a lot of teams, what they'll do nowadays is, well, we're going to probably see them in the first round. We're not showing them anything. So we're not showing them Sabonis. We're not showing them Fox. Even though during the season we've seen him. But teams tend to, especially that close to the playoffs, if they think they're going to see a team in the playoffs, they don't show them anything. They don't show them anybody because teams uh, evolve during the season, so they don't want to. They don't want to show the Warriors anything. Probably they don't have anything to play for. If you looked at Denver, just by the chance that Denver would play the Warriors, they didn't play Jokic. They don't want you. To, they don't want to. They don't want you to see them in their full capacity. So that's probably what's going to happen with. Phoenix against the Lakers. That's probably what's going to happen with the Kings against the Warriors. And if they do play them, they probably won't play them very much. So the Warriors should win their final three games. But they should have won in Denver without Jokic as well. This team's a total roller coaster ride. I have no idea what they're going to do. The other reason why you want to stay in the six hole is you want to stay away from the one four bracket. If I if I show you brackets, you'll understand that they don't reseed in the NBA. So if you want to see brackets, ta da! There's a bracket for you. If you're watching on the YouTube channel, you see the bracket. If you're listening on the uh, podcast, I appreciate it. Head over to the YouTube channel if you get a chance. Unleashed, Barry, a sports talk with me, John Lund. So if you look at it right now, 7-8 is Lakers in New Orleans. The 9-10 winner of the 9 plays the loser of the 7-8. That person gets the 7. The winner of the play in 7-8 gets in. So that's just the bottom line. 9-10 winner, let's say it's Minnesota, the uh, Lakers and... New Orleans, that person is already in, and they're the seven. And then the losers of the seven eight, which is let's say it's New Orleans, they would play Minnesota, and Minnesota, and then that win, and then that team gets the eight. That's why you want to stay stay away. First of all, you don't want to mess with one and duns. And then if you look at where the bracket is, you avoid Denver and Phoenix. So again, the bracket is the bracket, in the NBA playoffs. So if Phoenix beats the Clippers in the four five, Denver plays the eight seed. Let's say that's Minnesota and then both move on, Phoenix plays Denver in the semifinals. Meanwhile, if the Warriors can get by the Kings in the first round, they would probably play Memphis in the second round. And I don't know about you, but I'd rather go (laughs) Sacramento-Memphis than I would move up to the five and go Phoenix-Denver. I mean, that's the difference here. Sacramento-Memphis or Phoenix-Denver. If you can get by Phoenix, which you probably can't with Kevin Durant makes sense that's why it's so important they stay in the 6 that's why it's so important to not move up to the 5 I should say and you don't want to move to the 7 because now you're playing playing games and if you uh, drop back to the 7 then you're playing Memphis in the first round and I realize that everybody believes that the Warriors can beat Memphis to me Memphis is better than Sacramento so there's a there's an element to that now if you're in the 7 and you and you beat Let's say New Orleans in, the, in that one-and-done. And it's not a one-and-done because then you'd have to, you'd play the loser of the 9-10 to see and get the eight. But if you get the eight, then you're playing Denver. You just don't want to mess with the playing round. Does that make sense? And you want to stay in the six to avoid the Phoenix-Denver side of the bracket. All right? makes sense? Yes, it does. All right. Let's move on to Andrew Wiggins. Now, everybody thinks that Andrew Wiggins is going to be some miraculous cure for what has ailed the Warriors' inconsistent play the entire year. He has only played in 37 games. Let me flash something up there if you're watching on the YouTube channel. This is with and without Andrew Wiggins this year. 37 games played with, 42 played without. 19 and 18 with, 22 and 20 without. They actually have a better record without Andrew Wiggins at 22 and 20 versus 19 and 18. Now, I'm not stupid enough to think they're better without Andrew Wiggins because they're not. But my point is, and you look across this if you're watching on the YouTube channel, John Lund Unleashed, please subscribe. Uh, 120 points with, 116.4 without. Rebound, steals, assists, uh, field goal percentage, et cetera. It's cetera. It's not a huge difference. It's not a massive difference. And I'm, again, I'm not saying they're not better with Andrew Wiggins. They are. Two if he's two-way wigs who played in the playoffs in the finals last year, that guy, that guy defending, that guy being a secondary scorer, that guy hitting key shots, making key plays, that guy is absolutely valuable. But what I'm saying is is that the guy that they're getting back, it's unsure. And, again, it's more than basketball. I don't think we have to say that over and over and over again. I, I think I'm speaking with intelligent people. In fact, I know it. I'm speaking with intelligent people. We don't have to continue to say basketball is secondary. We all know it is. But there's the with and without. Andrew Wiggins. So it's not overly significant. Just giving you the facts. Not saying they're not better, just giving you the facts. But here's the reality of it. Now let me put up the let me put up the depth chart for the let me put up the depth chart for the Warriors. Sorry, you lost me there for a minute. Okay, so this is what you have to take into account. The whole reason that James Wiseman was traded was because Andrew Wiggins was gone and they didn't know they were gonna get him back, and so they had to have another defender. But Curry Thompson uh, Dante DiVincenzo, I would imagine at some point Wiggins is going to unseat him in the starting lineup. Uh, Kaminga, he's probably going to be the guy that uh, loses the most minutes. Draymond Green is obviously the starter, then uh, Kevon Looney. I don't know why they have it like that, but that's it, that's what it's going to be. All right, then you look at your finishing lineup, which uh, DiVincenzo is probably going to be replaced at some point by Wiggins, so it's real simple. It's, it's Clay, it's Curry, it's Wiggins, it's Draymond, and it's probably Looney, although You could see some variances depending on uh, the team that they're playing in the playoffs. My point in putting the depth chart up is, all right, you got GP2 back to kind of play this role, defender more than shooter. Certainly, he's not a 3 and D guy. He's not a great three-point shooter. But he's a good defender. He's an on-ball defender. Andrew Higgins can help with on-ball defense. This has been the issue. He can get out to the three-point line. On-ball defense, letting guys into the lane, getting the three-point shots, that's what has ailed them all year long. Now they've got a surplus of it. De Obviously, Kaminga can, can defend a lot of positions. He's going to lose a lot of minutes here. DiVincenzo is going to lose minutes here. So how does this exactly work when Wiggins comes back? Because they, since he's gone, GP2 has been traded for, and Kaminga has emerged. And, of course, you've still already got DiVincenzo, which, DiVincenzo which, which the Warriors obviously like using him. He's in their finishing lineup. So it's not like he's coming back to the exact same team. We also don't know, he's going to be in good shape, but he's going to be in basketball shape. How long does that take? So if you have to play in a playing game, is he really going to be ready to ramp it up to playoff activity right away? Probably not. How is he going to look in the first round? So now you're going to give him minutes uh, versus guys who are, who are all lathered up. I mean, Kaminga's lathered up, right? The guys that I just have mentioned here, GP2 is starting to get his, his feet under him. So how exactly do you bring him back, and how many minutes do you bring him back, and the, at the expense of whom? And that's what they're going to have to do. Now, remember, all season, a lot of the season, the first half of the season, we're still working on our bench. Who's the guys that we're going to bring in? How are we going to do the rotations? And now Wiggins is coming off of a, a large uh, absence, and you got to bring him back in. And, oh, by the way, it's the playoffs. Now he's going to play a couple of games, I don't know how many minutes, and you're going to throw him in that Sacramento game, possibly for his first game back, when that, again, is a, it's not a must win because they're not going home, but it's to stay out of this the seventh seed, which all of a sudden you're you're going into at least a short series. Now, if you win that game, you're moving on. If you lose that game and now all of a sudden you got to play the uh, 9-10 winner, now it's like, ugh, and how much are you going to play him? He hasn't played much. Shot's probably going to be off, not going to have exactly the right win. You know, it's another issue that this team that's gone through a ton of them all season long has to deal with. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing that he's coming back. I'm simply saying that it, coming back at this point of the season, you don't have enough time. Maybe you'd like two weeks probably to get him acclimated and back into things, kind of like GP2. But you don't have that luxury. So he's not going to play Tuesday night. His first game possibly is going to be Sacramento, which is a would like to have. It's not a must win, but we'd, you'd like to have that one to stay out of the 7th seed. Now, how much is Andrew Wiggins going to, and I put up the with and without, and again, I look, I'm smart enough to know, and so are you, that just because the numbers don't pop out at you, that they're better with Wiggins. I'll say it absolutely positively, but I'll say it again. There's a massive difference between a guy being out there in any sport, whether it be injury or what he's coming back from with family issues and being away from the team, and mentally it's very difficult. You've been through it. I've been through it. It's hard when it's family issues, when we're talking life and death, these kind of things, it is hard to compartmentalize. Some people can do it. Some people can't. Maybe he can But the reality of it is is that he's going to be thrust into a playoff situation sooner rather than later, and the Warriors have to, I think, on a game-by-game basis, say, what has he got? Remember when they, they do that like years ago with like Maurice Spates? Like, what has he got? You give him a trial run, eh, he doesn't have it. Oh, he does have it. Like, they may have to do that with Andrew Wiggins. Just put him out there and see. Okay, he doesn't have it. DiFincenzo is going to go in there. He doesn't have it. Kaminga is going to take some of those minutes. Or do you just let it ride? Hey, this is who he's been. We've rode with him. We won a championship with him. I mean, I think every night you just have to see what he has. Like a young player, like a Kaminga. Like, okay, does Kaminga have it? No. Does Wiggins have it? No. Does DiVincenzo have it? Yes. Okay, that's who we're going with. Like, they're going to, because that happens series to series in the playoffs anyway. But if you're going into a situation where they're going to have to play in in the playing games, the playing tournament, then it's going to be, it might be minute by minute. Uh, he doesn't have it. It's going to take him a minute. Now, if they can get deep into the playoffs and they get, let's say, they get, you know, let's say they get the sixth seed, right? And they get Sacramento. I don't, I don't know. Are you just going to say he's Wiggins and just throw him in there? Or do you just, I think you play the game. Let's see what he's got. And then he gets through that series. Then you reevaluate it again. Okay, we're playing Memphis. What has he got? And from series to series, certain guys are going to match up, and you're going to see less or more of certain guys. Although the Warriors don't have that kind of, you know, it's a seven-footer. Oh, we're not playing him this series because they're going to try to run us. All the guys are kind of similar in size, which is what you want in today's NBA. But I would think at least through the Sacramento series, if that's what it is, the six-three, I'm going to to do wait and see if he has it. He has it. If He doesn't. He doesn't. If it's a playing type situation and you're playing the seven-eight, and it's New Orleans or Minnesota. I can't just throw him out there and say, you're the starter and you're getting 30 minutes tonight because I just don't know what you're going to give me. So it, while it's a great thing that he's back, in my opinion, it also is another thing that Steve Kerr is going to have to deal with. You know, All right, here's here's Andrew Wiggins, but it's not really Andrew Wiggins. It's not yet. It's in name. That's Andrew Wiggins. I see it. He's wearing 22. Do you, you see what I'm saying? It's not exactly throw him out there and play as if he'd been playing all season long. Now, some upside is he's got some fresh legs, certainly. So there's that, but I don't think he's going to be by the playing series and by the first round. I don't think it's fully unleashed Andrew Wiggins. I think it's wait and see. And we have about four guys that we can rotate in and out, and let's see who's who's playing. And honestly, the Warriors need to do that anyway because it's like because they showed against uh, Denver on Sunday night. There, this whole flipping a switch theory. If there was a switch to be flipped, that game they would have flipped it because then everything is your fate. If you win the final, if you win that game and these final three, you're this. You're at least the six. Nobody can knock you out of that. And maybe you're the five, which is not really what you want. You want to stay in this 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 uh, kind of this ledge that you are right now. Don't want to go up too high to five. Got the Suns in the first round, and you're on the Nuggets side of the bracket. Want to stay in the six. That's where Sacramento is in the first round, probably. And then Memphis, much easier road in the West. Just keep on that bracket line or if you fall into the oh, we fell too far now you fell into the 7 and now you got to play either probably New Orleans or Minnesota in that first round and if you don't win that game then you got to fight for your lives in a one and done if you do win that then you got to go on and play Memphis physical series going to be tougher than Sacramento not to say they can't win it but you want to stay on that side of the bracket too so i mean that's maybe the i'd i think i'd rather be 7 than 5 cuz then you're playing Phoenix and Durant in the first round Maybe you play an extra game. You played against New Orleans. But again, the thing that stinks is anything can happen in those series. They've lost games all season long. They're supposed to win. Oh, but it's the playoffs, Lund. I get it. But have they shown you enough to say, well, geez, they're playing New Orleans at home. They'll win that. Oh, they're playing Minnesota at home. They'll win that. There's no gimmies with this Warriors team. None. So give me your thoughts. Wiggins coming back, but he's not exactly Wiggins. I think they're going to have to play this one a little bit differently than they normally would. All good news and I'm glad that, that things must be going a little bit better because he's coming back to the team. I'm at least hoping that. His personal issues are obviously bigger than basketball. We've said that 50 times, and we absolutely mean it. But I just wanted to get my thoughts in on Andrew Wiggins. Give me yours. Hit me up on the comment section. At John Lund Radio on Twitter and Instagram. I check check uh, Twitter much more than I check Instagram, so make sure that you uh, hit him up on Instagram. That'd be the best way. Or put it in the comment section here on the YouTube show or Uh, Make sure that you're listening on the podcast as well. That's where you can get all of the stuff. It is John Lund Unleashed, Barry, a sports talk. That is the latest on Andrew Wiggins. Make sure that you subscribe. If you're watching on the YouTube channel, that's where you get all the fun graphics and everything. And also make sure that you are subscribing on the podcast. Just search Unleashed, Barry, a sports talk with me, John Lund from KBR Radio in San Francisco. 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. with the voice of the 49ers, Greg Papa. We'll be back tomorrow, so make sure you tune in. We'll get some Giants and all sorts of things in there. As well, hit me up at John Lund Radio. That is Unleashed, Bay Area Sports Talk. With me, John Lund, only on the Locked On Podcast Network.